Welcome to season three of Passing the Peace, featuring Amy Meyer and Nancy McCraney. Passing the Peace is a podcast with a progressive look at faith, religion, God, the Bible, and some other stuff. If you're listening right now, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace, you can give us a review, and you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a Proverbs 31 wife. If you don't know what that is, you will be fascinated to find out. If you do know what that is, you're probably already mad about hearing about it, but I think you're going to like where this is going. So let's get started. All right. So, Nancy, are you a Proverbs 31 wife? <laughs> it depends what you mean by that, Amy. Can you, can you say a little bit more about what that is? Well, so I hadn't heard of a Proverbs 31 wife. And then when I did hear about it, I was real mad for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then I completely forgot because mm-hmm. I'm just not in the yeah, circle. Right. And nobody's talking about Proverbs 31 wives in my circles. So I'm curious to know how long that's been around and how much of a part of the a certain church culture it mm-hmm. has really been. Mm-hmm. A couple of my friends that grew up evangelical have told me that, oh, yeah, it's like that's just a trigger for them. That that just even just Proverbs 31 just saying it, it's a big trigger and that it would be read every Mother's Day mm-hmm. as a standard to live up to right. for all women. And it was usually distorted. Um, you know, it's always like you take this scripture that says one thing and then you kind of you know, distort it into what it's like silly putty. Yeah. Stretch, stretch. Yeah. What you wanted to to be until it's completely unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember the scripture growing up in uh, a fundamentalist church. It was read every mother's day. And then often if a woman, you know, that was considered a godly woman had a funeral, then that would be the chosen scripture for her funeral. Yeah. And so I, you know, I've read it over and over and over because I did think, Oh, this is the standard. And when mm. I was young, I remember there's one part of it that says she rises early. Yeah. And I thought, oh man, because <laughs> I I have a hard time every. I mean, that's just me. I I have a hard time going to sleep, and I have a hard time getting up. Yeah. Um. So I just I think that's funny that that stuck with me for probably from the time I was like eight or nine years old. Like, oh man, I oh, gotta work cool. on that. Yeah. Oh. And then the purple and linen and her worth is above rubies. It's a beautiful text. Yeah. And I thought it was so great that you brought up that it's actually a poem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a poem. And I don't remember if you said this, but each line, yes, you did, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Each line begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. And that's one sort of signal. Hey, this is a poem. Right. It's a pretty big signal. Pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and then I thought it was beautiful that you brought up that the the she the worthy the worthy woman is mm-hmm. is wisdom. Yeah, it's not actually talking about a particular human. It's not a job description. Right. This is how to be a wife. Yes, and that being a wife and a mother is the highest yeah. order of the day. Right. Um, you have no those, value unless you're a wife. Yeah. Right. And that defines you. Yeah. Even if you've done all these other things, that one role is the only 
worthwhile definition yeah. for your for a woman. Right. Yeah, so that one got all over. This whole sermon, I loved it, but in a way I was like, ah! (laughs) Well, it started out, so this wasn't in the lectionary. It probably is somewhere in the lectionary, I don't remember. But it started out because, tragically, a college friend of mine died. And uh, her best friend, who hosted the funeral in her backyard, and it was lovely, and the best friend is is a lovely person. Um, But she was on the phone with me and she was like you know what I want to read because I was talking to her about maybe she would do a reading in in the service and she's like it's the one about the wife and I I started stiffening up you know and I was like ah, she knows it and it's she's coming like, it's coming she's like the noble wife where's that and I know exactly where it is but I wasn't answering because I was too busy panicking uh-huh. like no not that one yeah. and I was just silent like a you know, idiot on the other line. And she's like, I think it's in Proverbs. She's like, keeps yeah. talking and I'm just completely silent. She's like, why isn't this she's lady? Saying, Help me out here. Yeah. You're a minister. Help me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there like getting more and more tense. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And she's like, Proverbs 31, I think. And I'm like, oh no. She found it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you told me, and I didn't even, I mean, it didn't even occur to me, but you told me that, that would be in the in those you know circles and maybe still today that that's very common to read this during a funeral of someone definitely who would fit the proverbs 31 wife role or whatever so i didn't even consider that but i thought oh no i can't believe we're gonna read this at my friend's funeral and i had to kind of take a step back and be like it's part of scripture it's in the bible you're going to be okay yeah. if someone reads this. And and then I also wanted to take a closer look at it because I wanted to think about how it's been used and how it's been interpreted versus how it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a, a good friend of mine actually died a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine that I know from college, two years younger than me. And her husband asked me to do the funeral, which I did, and the funeral was yesterday. And in preparation for the funeral, I spoke to one of Nikki's best friends, also from college, and we were coordinating on the phone the scripture reading that she wanted to read for the service. Now, uh, some pastors have lists of scripture readings that you can pick from when you're doing a, a funeral, and, and they don't want people to kind of go outside of that list. And there's some reasons for that. Uh, first of all, they don't want people to pick anything wonky. Uh, maybe they don't want anybody to pick something that they feel like wouldn't fit well in a funeral. And maybe they wanted people to pick something that um, they feel like they could preach a really good sermon on to honor the person who died. I do have a list of suggested scripture verses for people who might need uh, help looking for things, but I don't have requirements or restrictions for scripture readings because I figure if it's in the Bible, it's a scripture reading, and we can read it and make it work. And before I share with you the scripture that she selected, I'll say it was lovely, okay? Um... You might not think that once I start telling you about it, but it was. It was lovely. Um, She did a wonderful job 
reading it. It was very sweet. She said a few words before she read it. It was, it was beautiful. And uh, it was a scripture reading that did fit and that did honor our friend. So now that I've told you that, I want to tell you that the scripture reading was from Proverbs 31, titled, in some Bibles, A Wife of Noble Character. There's nothing wrong with this scripture reading, okay? The problem that I have is how this scripture reading has been used to promote very specific gender roles. And y'all know me, okay? Huge feminist, I burn like five bras a day. I, like I have no, no tolerance for this kind of you know, misogynistic stuff, especially when it comes to uh, scripture readings. So the scripture's fine, okay, the scripture's okay. But it's the way that the scripture has been used that bothers me. And it's just, in a way, in some Christian circles, it's a very controlled, very submissive, very kind of June Cleaver-esque type thing that they're taking this scripture and giving these instructions to women. So if you read things, books, calendars, devotionals, blogs, sermons from these groups that use this scripture in this way. Here's just a few examples of what you will hear. They say, support your husband. I'm, I'm quoting directly here. Support your husband by being the silent partner behind his success. Respect your husband. Even if he's doing despicable things and he's not worthy of respect, you should respect him anyway, and if you don't, you're not humble enough, and you should try harder. Be subservient to your husband. Remember that he's in charge. And don't forget that you can't wear whatever you want, <laughs> uh, because verse 22 says, she's clothed in fine linen and purple. So that means you need to dress very well, especially in front of your husband, because you never want him to see you looking frumpy. But at the same time, verse 30 says that beauty is vain, so don't be too flashy, okay? So you get the picture, okay? Like you can buy like books, big books, lots of devotionals, journals, all kinds of stuff that have these kinds of instructions on how to be a Proverbs 31 wife. So you get the picture. This is something that's been taught for hundreds of years and it's been taught that this was God's intention for women. I don't have a problem with being a wife. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a problem with housewives. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with people who are very domestic, right? Um, it's just this promotion of the idea that a woman's only value is in relation to who she is as a wife, right? Okay, does that make sense? Okay, okay, now so to a group like this, group sitting here, this sounds probably pretty archaic, like something you would have heard, you know, maybe in the 50s. But I'm told by one of my single friends, who's kind of a recovering evangelical, so when I told her about this scripture verse being picked, she was like, oh no, not that one. You know, um, she's on this dating app 
And she says that it's actually, she sees it all the time in these men's profiles looking for a Proverbs 31 wife. So this is, <laughs> this is something that's alive and well <laughs> in today's society. And I know it's unbelievable that these men are single. <laughs> so it is, it is unbelievable. But it's, it's hard to wrap your brain around, especially if these aren't like the circles that you run in, right? Before I read the text, again, wives are good, housewives are good, domestic things are good. How this scripture's been used is not good. Before I read the scripture, I've got a commentary that I want to read, or a page from a commentary. And this is a commentary on Proverbs 31 that was written in 2007. And it's a good example of what you will read from something that's claiming to be an academic commentary about Proverbs 31, written in 2007. Okay, here's what it says. Um, warning, trigger warning. You're going to hear a hundred million trigger words. Okay. Proverbs 31 is an unabashed celebration of wifely domestic vocation, a poetic depiction of the ideal female living out her vocation. The reading adopts a perspective that is for the benefit of the husband. So at least that part's honest. Extolling the ideal wife so as to prevent her husband from breaking the sixth commandment. Anybody want to guess what the sixth commandment is? Adultery, that's right. It's all on her. Okay. Through her attention to her vocational responsibilities, she bears witness to her fear of the Lord and of his ways of managing his creation. Her wisdom, seen in the labor of her hands, in her provision for her household, and in the teaching that flows from her mouth, leads the heart of her husband to trust in her. And then they quote from somebody named Charles Bridges, I don't know who that is, but he wrote a book called The Modern Study of the Book of Proverbs, now this was written in 1978, so it is a little bit older. He writes, everything is so carefully and economically managed by the woman that the husband is never tempted to dishonesty to fulfill his desires. No need to leave his happy home. So this is an example, like I said, of a commentary that you can easily find anywhere on the internet or in any Christian bookstore about Proverbs 31 written by a man who hasn't looked too hard at the actual text. So let's look at the text. Let's read Proverbs 31. And then let's take a few minutes after that to chip away at the patriarchy. So this is from Proverbs 31, starting with verse 10. This is the section that some Bibles title as a wife of noble character. A wife of noble character, who can find... She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her, 
and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her lives. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So this piece of Proverbs that you just heard is actually a Hebrew poem. It's a poem. It's not meant to be a set of instructions. It's meant to be a poem. And uh, depending on which scholar you listen to, it's a poem that's potentially 12,000 years old. And we know that it's a poem because in the Hebrew, each line of the poem starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's like an acrostic. And here's the craziest thing. Well, that's not the craziest. Here's one of the crazy things. The subject of the poem is not meant to be a woman in a very gender-specific, black and white kind of way, like it's usually interpreted. The subject of the poem is wisdom. The author is answering the question, what is wisdom? And if you read everything in Proverbs leading up to Proverbs 31, which is the final chapter, then you'll see that the whole, uh, there's this whole thing about wisdom going on, and there's two women that are being compared and contrasted. One is a real piece of work, and the other one is described here in Proverbs 31 as wisdom. Wisdom is like this woman in the poem. But like I mentioned, it's not meant to be a very gender-specific kind of woman. So for example, Eshet Hayil, Eshet Hayil, 
which many Bibles translate as a wife of noble character. That's Hebrew. Eshet is actually woman, but Hayil is a military word. And it's, it's something that, um, it means like power and might. And so it could more accurately be translated as valor, a woman of valor, a warrior woman. And then it goes on to say that this woman provides food for her family. And the word for provide in Hebrew is actually a a very rare word that means hunting for prey. So this warrior woman is out hunting for prey and then she takes a break for a minute because she needs to go buy some property and then plant a vineyard with her bare hands. said before how it's being used is this nostalgic sentimental memory it's not even a reality of the 1950s American housewife and mother it's definitely not a biblical I mean that what we've sort of hung on to this Proverbs 31 wife it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the poem, right. what it was talking about, or even womanhood as it's portrayed in the Bible. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, there were many single heroes, sheroes in, in scripture, mm. um, women that were unable to have children. or And I, you know, Ruth is one of my favorites. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and this the the word the eshet chayil mm-hmm. I think is used to refer to her so woman of valor or warrior woman yeah and and it, but it was it was in reference to her when her husband had died mm-hmm. when she was flat broke she had no child she was a Moabite she was a foreign woman she was not a Jewish woman mm-hmm. and yet she was referred to as a woman of valor yeah. And I think the current, what seems to me very commodified version, because there are journals and daily devotion, you know, there's all this, yes. all these goods you can buy yeah. to help you be lots of products. Yes, um, is is that wouldn't fit, right? You know, and talk about the dating site. Yeah, that so, was fascinating. Yeah, so one of my friends who grew up in a more conservative fundamentalist evangelical tradition and and who's now very different but still has a very deep faith she's on this dating website and she was telling me that she ranks you know you put in your kind of profile information and then they try to match you with people who um, would fit she's got a really high rating on spirituality and religion because she is religious and spiritual but she's also really liberal in other ways Mm -hmm. and i guess the algorithm doesn't know what to do with that (laughs) so they periodically pair her with others who rank themselves as very religious and so she said it's just like every day she sees a Mm -hmm. pair with someone who in their profile specifically says they're looking for a proverbs 31 wife and I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, that's still a thing. Like, I can't believe it. I can't. Mm. And 
even if that's what you're looking for, it's hard to believe that you would think that saying that would be attractive. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I even found, so I started looking for things on the internet about Proverbs 31 wives. And I even found one website. Now I can't remember whose website it was. And it, and it's hard to tell how popular a website is anyway. Like if millions of people are going to it and reading or two people, who knows, but it was a website that kind of instructed you how to be at the Proverbs 31 wife. And one of the things was that you should always ask your husband's permission before making purchases. Which is not in the text at all. Almost the opposite. Yeah. 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 I'm like, they're just making things up. Right. (laughs) And claiming it as scriptural. Exactly. Yeah. Twice in the poem, it says that the house and the household belong to her. And then, this is my favorite part. In verse 17, you can look along in your Bible if you have it. If not... It's easy to listen to. Verse 17 says, depending on which version you're reading, she sets about her work vigorously. I'm gonna repeat that. She sets about her work vigorously. And then it goes on to say that her arms are strong, okay? Now here's the crazy thing. She sets about her work vigorously is not really a literal translation of the Hebrew, because what the Hebrew literally says is she girded with might her loins. (laughs) She girded with might her loins. And then it says she has strong arms. So I really want to tell my friend who has the dating app to like, send some messages to those guys just to clarify if they're looking for a Proverbs 31 wife, if that means like a woman with Michelle Obama arms who girds her loins with might. <laughs> um, the answer is probably no, they're not looking for that. But who cares what they're looking for? What should we be looking for? That's the question that we have today. What should we be looking for? Uh, And here in Proverbs 31, we're looking for wisdom. And wisdom is described as a warrior woman who runs her household, hunts for her own prey, takes care of the poor, owns a textile business, runs a vineyard, and manages and develops real estate. First of all, this is impossible standards for any person, any gender, whether you're a housewife or a CEO or anything in between, and the good news is, it's not meant to be a standard. It's meant to be a poem, it's meant to be an ode to people who are out there trying to make a living, trying to take care of their families, trying to provide for their household, trying to work, trying to make it, trying to do what they can do, trying to help their communities. This is a tribute to people of all genders, actually, who are just trying to live their lives with valor. Remember that Hebrew word, chayil, valor. 
And Rachel Held Evans, the late author, yeah. wrote a book called The Year of Biblical Womanhood. Where mm. she, for Every day for a year, she tried to live out these images of biblical womanhood. Yeah. There's a hilarious picture of her standing at the city limits of Dayton, Ohio, with the sign that says, Dan is awesome. Yes. And that was the name of her husband. She's praising her husband at the city She's gates. Praising, praising her husband <laughs> at the city gates. She's got a big smile. Dan is awesome. It's so um, cute. And then I read her dear friend, Nadia Boltz-Weber, who is um, also a pastor. She said at Rachel's bedside when she was dying, Dan had a framed note on top of all the books she'd written mm. for, the, for the nursing staff that oh. said, Rachel is my wife, and she's the mother of our children, and she's an author. She's written many books and has touched thousands of lives. Mm. And Nadia said, you know, quoted from Proverbs 31, and her husband will rise up and call her blessed or something, mm. to sort of say, you know, she definitely was a woman of valor. Yeah. And I love that word valor yeah. better than worthy. Worthy right. is such a, there's so much baggage with that. And I yeah. know I've often struggled with feelings of, am I good enough? And I think yeah. that's very common in many people's experience in life. And and I think this scripture has been used to, to damage and do harm. It has, and control. Yes. Yeah. Right. You fit this mold, and it serves some agenda. Yeah. But a woman of valor, that's like the same root as the word warrior, I think, mm -hmm. right? You talked about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the same root or not, but it's the it's a it's a word used to describe a warrior. You know, it's like... Oh, and by the way, it's not even wife. That's right. It's not. <laughs> it's woman. And, and maybe even... A person of valor, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, in that text, it does talk about woman of valor. And I think about, you know, mothers who buy pizza on Friday because everybody's exhausted. Mm -hmm. That's valiant. You, know, mm -hmm. you made it through the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a woman of valor, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, the, the woman that you talked to whose home had been destroyed in mm -hmm. the tornado. Mm -hmm. And I think you... Did you reference that in the sermon? Yeah, briefly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, our area had a pretty devastating tornado come mm -hmm. through. And luckily there were no deaths, but there were a number of homes completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. And we got paired with one family that lost their home. And I think of people who go through tragedies like that and think that those are people of valor, for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, when, one thing our intern has initiated is a few times of reflection during worship, and mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate that. And one is after the sermon. Mm -hmm. Is there a word or a phrase or just something that kind of rose up for you? Yeah. And I, I'm always fascinated to hear what people heard. Yeah. And I know after the sermon, a, a single woman in our congregation said, you know, where does that leave me if you know by the the yeah. proverbs 31 the the sort of modernized interpretation of that or what are, i don't know what we want to call that the distorted right interpretation and there's yeah. a lot of that in the church yeah you know we elevate mother's day to this you know it's almost like a religious holiday mm -hmm. and i thought that was a good point yeah and i think 
rightly read, Proverbs 31 definitely includes uh, our friend at yeah. church yeah. who is a woman of valor. Yeah. You know? But I love thinking about women of valor and I love thinking about this as a song to wisdom and mm-hmm. how can I incorporate more of that wisdom in my life? It's not like, oh, you missed the mark. Yeah. It's more like, oh, look, this is a lighthouse for me to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and let's think about getting up early. What does that actually mean in your life mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Does it mean you set your alarm for four? Or is it more metaphorical? Like, is it more poetic? Uh, you know? Yeah. Well, and when you're that, I love that because it's like metaphorically, what is it? Poetically, what does it mean to wake up early? And it could mean to to be aware of what's happening in my life, in the life of those I love. Yeah. Not falling asleep yeah. to who I am, who I'm called to be. Um, in in the wee hours of the morning, um, opening my heart to God. To say, you know, this day is yours. My heart is yours. So I love that interpretation, Amy. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Any of these, like, here's one in verse 19, which I think is harder to think about today, but in her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. Mm. And I had to actually look up, what is a distaff? Right. Like, I didn't, you know, it's something to do with sewing, back then but you know that's fine I don't really sew yeah but what what do I sew what do I mend mm-hmm. yeah what do I make mm-hmm. you know what do you piece back together mm-hmm. yeah it, it opens it up so much to think about it poetically which I think is how it was meant to and be and that's what of. poetry does yeah it breaks open the ordinary so that you can see into it yes and even like she wears fine, purple and fine linen. It's yeah. like, what's that about? Yeah. Well, what it if... means that she dresses modestly. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's all it means. And it's like linen, linen in the winter or, you know, um, and purple. Um, but what if it means she honors her body? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. You know, you think about the culture we live in. Yeah. And you know, how, how we speak to ourselves and the standards that we try to, you know, emulate impossible standards. Yeah. I think to read this again through the poetic lens mm-hmm. and ask, hmm, you know, wh- where is wisdom in this for me? Yeah. In my life. Yeah. I think that's a powerful way to read this. Yeah. Me so too. so what did you say at the funeral? Were you able to preach on this? I didn't preach on okay. this at the funeral. Um but I preached on it the next day yeah. at church. So it got yeah. preached on regard and it was in it really even though it wasn't at the funeral, it really was in honor of my friend Nikki. Yeah. Um to to be able to do that and it was because of her that I preached on it. So That's beautiful. Yeah. And and in her honor, broke it open for us yeah. in a way so that we could read it, uh, perhaps in such a manner truer to how to what's really there. Yeah, like it's full of riches. Yeah, and and also to be fair to her friend, I feel like I should say, I don't 
suspect that her friend carries any of that weird Proverbs 31 wife baggage, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and and I, I just don't think any of that was there for her. It was there for me. There <laughs> you, you go. Know? Yeah. So that's why I was having a reaction to a it. reaction to but. it. Yeah. No, I think, and I think for many people, they don't have that that same experience yeah. with it. It's a beautiful passage, passage of scripture. It, it's very descriptive and yeah. evocative. But I do think it's helpful to know how it's been used. Yes. And to be aware so that you can be even more intentional about looking at it differently. I think that's helpful. I do too. Yeah. And I think to settle for, to me, the cheap imitation of what Proverbs 31 is really about is to miss out. Yeah. And we so often do that, especially with these kind of texts. Yeah. We make them fit our very Western, very male-dominated, white, this sort of image that Mm -hmm. probably never really existed, but in our minds it did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. It it can be turned so poisonous, you know? Yeah. Like when you say, are you a Proverbs 31 wife? I'm like, Uh no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But am I a woman of valor? That is, uh, yes. I, I, I am. And I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it for the podcast today. Remember, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace, you can give us a review, and you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. This is Amy Meyer coming to you from the First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. You can find us on our website at www.fpcelgin.org. That's First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. If you enjoy the kinds of conversations that we are having, and if you think that these kinds of conversations are important, then we invite you to come and join us. Join in on these conversations if you're in the area. And until next time. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Now go and pass the peace to everyone you meet.